Wagovi Side Effects and Informed Consent, Part 2. This is the Weight and Healthcare Newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. In Part 1, we discuss the types and rates of side effects for Wagovi. Today, we're going to discuss the claim that Reader Connie's doctor made that the weight loss drug Wagovi, quote, has been around forever and is safe. That claim is, at best, misleading. Wagovi is Novo Nordisk's brand name for the weight loss version of the drug semaglutide. It's a repurposed version of the same drug that Novo sells for type 2 diabetes under the brand name Ozempic. Ozempic received FDA approval in December of 2017 for dosages up to 1 mg. A 2 mg dose did not receive FDA approval until March of 2022. That's not so much forever as it is a little less than 6 years, and less than 2 years at the 2 mg dose. Information about the risks of Ozempic is also definitely still developing. Just last month, the FDA updated the Ozempic warning label to include a risk of ileus, a near or total cessation of peristalsis in the intestines, leading to an inability of the body to eliminate solid waste, which is typically temporary but may require a hospital stay. Wagovi's warning label already acknowledged this risk, and so, prior to last month, Connie's doctor should have been clear that even the Wagovi and Azempic warning labels did not show the same side effects. This class of drug has been around longer than that, but again has steadily racked up new side effects and warnings and has not been prescribed in doses specifically meant to maximize side effects as Wagovi is being dosed. The main difference between Ozempic and Wagovi in treatment is dosage and titration. Basically, how much medication is given and when and by how much that amount is increased. Both drugs begin dosage at 0.25 milligrams. This is known as a non-therapeutic dose. This amount of the medication has little effect. This is just to let the body start getting used to the medication in the hopes of reducing side effects. At four weeks, both medications are increased to 0.5 milligrams. At that point, things change. The main on-label purpose of Ozempic is to help manage blood sugar, so the medication is increased only if the patient isn't getting the glucose management they would like and they are able to tolerate the side effects, up to a maximum dose of 2 milligrams. Wagovi's main on-label purpose is to induce weight loss. Basically, it's taking a drug that was created to manage type 2 diabetes that has a side effect of weight loss, and it's trying to cause that side effect to occur at the highest rate possible. So, per the FDA, the prescribing recommendation is that the dosage is increased every four weeks until the patient reaches the maximum dose of 2.4 milligrams, and the patient stays at that dose for the rest of their life unless they can't tolerate the side effects of the drug, at which point they are recommended to temporarily drop to 1.7 milligrams for four weeks and then increase back to 2.4 milligrams and, quote, discontinue Wagovi if the patient cannot tolerate the 2 milligram dosage. That's significant since we know from Novo Nordisk's own study that patients who discontinue the drug rapidly regain the weight they lost and lose cardiometabolic benefits. So, the required dose of Wagovi is more than the maximum dose of Ozempic. And remember that until two years ago, the maximum dose of Ozempic was one milligram, or less than half the required dose for Wagovi. While this is to produce a higher rate of the side effects of weight loss, though it's far from clear that the weight loss will be sustained even if people keep taking the drugs, it also tends to produce a higher rate of all the other potential side effects. 
So going back to Connie's doctor's statement, when she asked about Wagovi's side effects, he said they are nothing to worry about and that all drugs have side effects. And besides, this drug has been around forever and is safe. As a reminder, if this happens to you, you can say something like, I'm asking for an informed consent conversation followed by a shared decision-making process, so I'll need much more information than that. Or, can you help me understand how you feel that constitutes an informed consent conversation? For all the reasons in this piece and in part one, what Connie's doctor said simply isn't accurate. Whether or not the practitioner is well-meaning, these kinds of vague platitudes fall woefully short of anything that would qualify as the informed consent conversation that is ethically required of a healthcare practitioner, and there is absolutely no excuse they could give that would make it okay. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox, or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.